is Tim Cato, host of 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I am here with Dave Dufour recording in his car in an empty neighborhood. Actually, a truck just drove by. So Yeah, we're being weirdos in front of someone's house. Post-game. It's after, not not after, totally empty. Yeah, after uh, Mavs Spurs. We are. How'd you, how'd you feel about that game? I mean, Mavs win. Felt like they were going to blow out the Spurs, but got a little bit sloppy. It, it did feel like that. It did feel like they were kind of playing with their food, pushing their peas around the plate. And then the, the offense just died for six minutes in the, in the fourth quarter. I think they scored literally one point with something like 6.20 on the clock before uh, someone, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith finally hit a three. But I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things where the Mavericks won by an appropriate amount. Um, they actually, you know, if, you know, they kind of slipped late in the game as well. I think it ended up being a six-point margin of victory. But at the same time, you know, they, they had the bounce-back veteran response that I think you want. Uh, they, they let the, the Spurs actually get a one-point lead, let them go ahead briefly. And then uh, Luka just, you know, he, he looked like a, honestly, he looked like a 30-year-old Dirk Nowitzki. He was just like six straight possessions. He's like, I am not going to let this team lose. And so, you know, he had a layup. He, I think, assisted on four straight buckets mm-hmm. on four straight possessions. And then he had a step back three, you know, just kind of ice it. And at that point, you're like, all right, we're in safe hands. We're good to go. You know, nothing, nothing's going to happen. This is, this is a Mavericks win against a, you know, a worse team. You know, a team that was, you know, even missing LaMarcus Aldridge. Right, so. The game shouldn't have been close. It, it shouldn't have been. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, for, for a team like this who does typically win, uh, you know, has, does have a lot of blowouts against bad teams, you know, I'll, I'll give them this one. You know, it's, it's just... There's nothing about this game that that concerned me necessarily, or or really, you know, yeah. made me think that the the team, nothing, nothing made me feel differently about the team. They just, you know, they, they their offense got weird for a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think the Mavericks will say they they hated the refs. You know, they seem to run into that a lot these these days. But, um, you know, which I which I think is a is a them thing. But you know, the refs have also been bad this season. We can yeah. we can say that. You know, just just not not for the Mavericks, not not for the Spurs. They have been bad this season in the NBA throughout this league. So yeah. uh, the, the one concern I've got is Lucas thumb. Uh, he injured it early in the game, had to leave, go to the locker room, came back with it taped up, S- struggled a little bit handling the ball with his left hand, as you would expect uh, with the injured thumb, um, hoping that that's not going to be a lingering issue. But th- that's the, really the only big concern I have out of the game. It's hard to play in San Antonio, period. And even when they're not good, it's still hard to go into San Antonio and get a win, and, you know, like, the the Spurs never quit. Pop, after the game, actually said that that their opening game plan was flawed and that, that he actually made a mistake in how the, how they started out. I mean, they started out small, had Trey Lyles out there, and he clearly just could not guard Porzingis. Not only, not only was Porzingis actually bodying him up a little bit, going to the basket, but he was just blowing past him on, at, at times and then shooting over him, so... Clearly, I think if the Spurs had to do over again, they wouldn't have have gone with that. Marcus, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was out, um, so you know you got to make do. But uh, yeah, I, I think that overall, uh, getting the win is the important part. How it looked, you know, who cares? It is hard to play in San Antonio. That mariachi band during the timeouts or oh, the man, loud music it it gets in your head. Yeah, and see now you see why I'm the like, mariachi just kind of echoes in there. And now you, you can't, see why I'm so like, out on the in arena music. It's, it's, man. it's like it's like the horror patient. You know, you see in a hospital, and it's just like I, I I hear it, I hear it. It's echoing, it's echoing in my in my head. That's that's what the mariachi does, man. 
you know the <laughs> San Antonio luckily is is immune to it but uh but no you know it's it's just you know it was a win it was it was a necessary win it was uh you know I'm going to be honest in some ways as much as it should have been a blowout I think it's a little reassuring that this team you know gave up a lead and then you know in in nominal crunch time situations something they have Did struggled well. at all mm-hmm. season they're just like you know let's step on their neck we got this and it, it wasn't it wasn't just oh you know we're making some shots it was it was pretty basketball it was luka but but it was pretty basketball all around there's several you know they were beautiful gaming the spurs i, I actually the one thing i'm going to point out here and it wasn't just luka which has been sort of the issue with crunch time right like the the fact that it wasn't just one guy trying to get up shots it was you know like you said dorian finney smith hits a big three Christoph Porzingis hit a big three. He had a nice finish around the basket and won. You know, it was it was actually a team effort. And, and by the way, Kristaps coming around as of late, playing a lot better, looking good. He's a good player. Big, it's a big I th- deal. I think you you look at his 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 year. You go like every two months. He's just mm-hmm. steadily getting better. And, yeah. and you know, I think I think we all coming expected he would knee. be. Yeah, yeah exactly. His first yeah. two year, months were bad. His next two months, he was he was good when Luca was injured. A little bit worse when he was playing with Luca. You know, we're we're starting. You know, the the last of you know the third of his two month cycle. That's right. You know, he's he's playing. You know, late late February, March, April. Mm-hmm. You know, we can kind of lump all this stuff together, and and you know, in theory, he's he's gonna you know take one more step up, and I, I think that's totally reasonable. I, the, I said that he gets the entire year. Yeah, the hope for the Mavericks obviously is that come April when they're rolling into the playoffs, right. that he's playing his best basketball, which is of course what they want. Before we get to the mailbag. Uh, don't forget, guys, go to theathletic.com slash 77 minutes in heaven. That's the number 77. And, uh, you know, subscribe if you're not already and uh, get a little discount and we get a little credit for it. And uh, don't forget to check out Brian and Mark's podcast that's also on this feed. Uh, they dropped a new one on uh, Tuesday and discussed uh, the Mavericks protesting the game against the Hawks, uh, <laughs> which, you know, always love a good protest. Uh, should always we, fun. Should we jump into this mailbag? There's actually a, a question, the very last one, oh. that, that directly ties into this whole KP Luca thing. Uh, okay, let's let's see. I, I'll I'll read it. Luca and KP are playing well together lately, and it's been nice. But does it really change anything about this team and season? Can they do anything that would make you reconsider whether the Mavs are something more than a prob a probable first round exit? And that's from uh, Cliff Baruder. Shout out Cliff. He was my RA in freshman year of college. Oh, all right. I actually, I don't think he was my RA, but he was, he was either on, I think he was on my floor. Was he a cool RA? He was a cool RA. Okay. So he wasn't like busting you for having a hot plate or any of that stuff? Um, I did not have a were, hot plate. I was going to say, were you but, guys still doing that? if I had like, a hot plate, man, I'm sure he will not have busted gosh, me. I just showed so. my age there. Yeah. Why did you have hot plates? Because we wanted to sometimes like make some ramen in our dorm room, man, like. I just got it. I just ate a shit ton of fast food. Yeah. Okay. It well, was. It was. Yeah. College. College. We're, we're we're glad we moved past the college days. Yeah. Yeah. But this ahead. is the this is the college days of this Mavericks team. I, I, They're learning. Absolutely. They do not have the supporting cast they need right now. Uh, I think. I think you see it in games like this. You see it in moments. You know. You know who's the fourth leading scorer on this team? Seth Curry. And I love Seth Curry. And I, I do think that he's been really good this year. I, I think that. There are moments, there are games like this where you see the fact that he's going to be a little inconsistent. That, you know, behind him, uh, I couldn't tell you who the, the, the fifth leading score, maybe Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe DeLon Wright. Actually, it probably was, probably was Dwight Powell. Dwight before, Powell before yeah, he but, got hurt. Exactly. And so, you know, this team is just, it's, it's lacking a little bit around the edges. You know, I think even 
if Luca and KP are fully unleashed that, you know, I, I think those two playing well will push any first round series, you know, to six or seven games. I, I feel that this is a this is a feisty team. This is one that can bother you. Um, but but I think the offense, you know, you, you'll see, you know, as good as the offense is, as high as, as high, you know, as high as the offensive efficiency is, um, you're going to have to you're going to have to craft some lineups that are defensive heavy and, and you know, just to survive in which just, they don't have. Yeah, they don't have that. You're going to have to outscore opponents in the playoffs. You're going to. Yeah, and, it's it's and that's not you're not, like you can't expect to win that way. Right. Like you, you, we have not seen a team only outscore their opponent in the playoffs. I mean, the, the Rockets sort of did it, but. That defense was underrated the last few years. Like in the playoffs, they were actually much better than than people would give them credit for. But uh, they just don't have that. They, you know, without the rim protection, Dwight Powell being out really hurts them uh, in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I think that. I mean, unless Willie Cauley Stein comes around in the playoffs, it's you know, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, like what's so, what's the, yeah. what's the best case so, for Willie Cauley Stein? Right, but also like again, this is low. It, as we kind of talked about. Since the show started, this is year one of, you know, potentially freshman a dynasty, year. right? Yeah, freshman exactly. year. So yeah. uh, I think you know the the best the best course is get to the playoffs, get that experience. Hope you do well. You, you know, you give yourself a puncher chance when you score like this team does. And uh, you know, if you get out of the first round, that's great. If you don't, hey, it's still a really successful season. So this actually leads right into another question. Once again, real quick though, I, I got to ask, who's the cool RA? Who's the cliff of the Mavericks? It's not Carlisle by no means. Oh no! Um, is <laughs> he's it Cuban? The, oh, I mean, lets you get away with some stuff. Cuban's and, like the professor that never assigned homework and would just say, "Uh, you know what? Everybody gets, everybody passes, everybody gets an A on the on the final exam." The cool RA is like Jamal Mosley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's like you know when when Luca's getting a little upset, mm-hmm. you know Jamal Mosley is the guy he goes to. You know, it's like. Rick's not letting me do this, you know, just kind of gripe into him. Ah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. lets him have a hot plate. Anyway, so so the question this kind of led into the same conversation is that this is from a uh, gravy train. There's two A's in gravy and train. The question is: twenty three of the twenty five teams that have had an offensive rating of at least one hundred and fourteen for a season have won the title. The only two that haven't are this season's Rockets and Mavericks. Is that something? Is that nothing? Okay, so uh, on oh man on Nerder she wrote, we're about to get big analytics, yeah, Dave, right yeah. now, uh, pl- as we know, should be. Cheap, cheap Let's plug, go. cheap plug on Nerder she wrote. We talk about this a lot, uh, and in particular, we talk about it in in relation to net rating. Okay, offensive rating is great, but back to the defense, it's not really possible in the NBA to just outscore opponents. You have to stop, like you have to be able to get stops. You just have to. Uh, we've we saw the Rockets who defended pretty well. Then they ran into the Golden State Warriors who you can't defend, right? Like you can't just outscore everybody. You have to get stops. So uh, a 114 offensive rating, fantastic. It's great. And actually, it was like 116. The they're like day. 116 or 117, yeah. and, and that's you know, that's they're going to break Doric off. Yeah, they're going right. to break the record. And it's that which is, is not era adjusted, but right. but yeah, as of right, right now, you know, and exactly, in, yeah. And and so, by the way, uh, I'm glad you brought up era adjusted because the truth is we're going to be seeing these records broken quite a bit as the game becomes more and more three point heavy. It's just it's just right. what we're going to get. It's got to plateau somewhere, but but that's that's a question for another time. For this purpose, if you really want to look at success and 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 offensive defensive rating, look at the net rating. And, and their net rating just really isn't that great. They're they're giving up a lot of 
of points as well. And and defense does actually matter in the NBA. They're not running, you know, it's fine. It's just the, the you know, I, I think that you could probably set a number, set a net rating number, and it would be like 8 or 9 or 10. And it would be a the similar Bucks are situation. Right now, yeah, it'd instance. be a similar situation where, you know, maybe 15 of those 17 teams have won titles. Right. And the reason that 114 is that number is because to get a net rating of 10 in the past decade, in the past couple of decades, you have to have an offensive rating that high. That's, that's right. Because, because you know, teams didn't used to be this good offensively. And it's just, we've reached a new era of offensive efficiency. Yep. It rises well, every and, single year. And rule the changes. League, the league sets, sets a new record every mm-hmm. year as, you know, league-wide offensive efficiency. You know, it's, it's 10 years running or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe the, uh, the, the, the lockout season, it dipped a little bit. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't have it, have it on top of me, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, the, the, the specific number reference, the 114 number, is, is just a product of the era. And the fact that the Mavericks are, are reaching it, um, you got to kind of look around. Like, like, like the question said, the Rockets are also reaching it. You know, there right. are other teams. You know, the Rockets clearly, you know, it, I guess we, we're taking this out at face value. I assume it's right. It sounds right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, I, it's I, roughly that. Yeah, yeah I, I believe Gravy Train. I, I think it's He's like 116. I, I looked at it the other day. I yeah, think yeah, it's like 116. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, the, the fact that the Rockets are there this year, you know, that, that just indicates that, you know, more and more teams are going to hit. Do we think the Rockets are going to win a title this year? I actually think the Rockets have a puncher's chance. Of I, making I think they the have final. a chance, too. Yeah. I, I agree with that. You know, I do think they have a chance, but, you know, it's, it's not guaranteed they're going to win it either. And, and so, you know, if we say the Mavericks are below the Rockets, then, you know, clearly. Right. I mean, I, I just think, like, you know, only looking at the offensive rating. While I, I understand comparing it historically, I, I just think that net rating is a better indicator Agreed. of the teams that are good and the teams that are bad. Yeah. You, you, again, as you discussed, like the era really does matter, and, and let's not forget rule changes and all these other things that make offense easier to come by, uh, and it has affected defensive ratings as well. So, like, look at that net rating when you're when you're trying to judge these teams. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, you know what? We could, uh, do, we could do draft picks. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking, uh, let's talk about Tim Hardaway. Uh, we've okay, got a, we can do that. Got a good question from from front of the program, Kirk Serious Face. <laughs> uh, is Tim Hardaway Jr. an opt-out candidate given his production? Now, he's been one of the 10 best shooters in the league this year. Yeah. He's been fantastic. Huge for this team. Play, has played an, a perfect role. For Tim Hardaway Jr. And he's played way better. Fantastic. But you know. well, this is one of these things, right? It's hard to judge a guy in a terrible situation. It's really hard. And the Knicks have been atrocious. Right. But but he has also improved as a shooter since he was in Atlanta, since Absolutely. he was in good situations. So, but, yeah. Yeah. But looking at him next to, like, he's great next to Luca, really good, uh, you know, next to next to KP. He's like he's like eighty five percent of what you want as the third star next to one hundred percent. They're just a little bit lacking, but but that's that's not the question, right? Right. Now. Is he an opt out candidate? Now here, let's let's weigh this real quick because uh, there are multiple reasons why he would opt out. He would opt out to test free agency. There's no money out there unless he wants to go play for an awful team, and I, I can't imagine he wants to do that. He's also uh, his option is for next year is how much? Eighteen, I believe eighteen Roughly. or nineteen. Yeah, um, that's quite a bit of money. And uh, I don't know if you just walk away from that uh, unless you really want to leave. But also, I think there's a chance he opts out and signs a long-term deal with Dallas. He fits. Or maybe they convince him to opt in and, and then become a free agent the following year. Maybe they, they start talking about the 2021 summer and then you've got his bird rights and then you can 
go out, get a free agent, and then you re-sign him with the, with the bird rights. You go over the tax. You know, all these complicated CBA maneuvers that we watch teams do all the time. How do you feel? Because I have no, like, read on the situation. I'm just throwing the options out there. Yeah, I think, I think those all seem possible. Mm-hmm. You know, he I is, don't think he's going to leave. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, he's... he's I, would, I would be pretty surprised if he wasn't on the Mavericks next year. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, why... Why leave a fantastic situation? Why would he leave? Why would the Mavericks let him leave? Right. You it know, seems they're, like a good marriage. They're, they're, you, have to, you have to work this out one way or the other for at least another season. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't do better than him next year. You might be able to do better than him in the 2021 20, free agency. You know, maybe, or, or, you know, free agency, offseason, summer, you know, maybe there is a move out there you can make that, that you can get, you know, maybe that perfect, 100, 100% perfect fit third star. Because, you know, Hardaway is just a little like, you know, he doesn't quite, you know, create enough, you know, isn't, isn't quite the passer. You know, you know, you'd love a little bit more from him, but, you know, you can't be, you can't be too picky in the NBA. Right. And, and he fits this role so well and it's so important to this offense as it is. You know, again, you know, we, we just talked about how good they are at scoring, you know, how good this offense is. You know, it, I, I think, I think you have to work it out one way or the other. And if you can work out a, you know, a, a monetary figure that, that makes sense, then, I'm I'm fine locking him up long term. You know, yeah. I, I still think that you know you can you can sign someone over him. You can you can sign a, a a player. You know, maybe maybe not equal to him, but but similar to him. You know, he do we think he can he can be a starter on a finals team? You know, maybe maybe not Probably. maybe maybe in a slightly smaller role. But I don't see I, I don't see why not. Especially if this is if this is who he is, right? And you know that that is but, a question. Well, shooting normal right. shooting numbers normalize after about sixty games, which is roughly where we are, right? I think this is Tim Hardaway. I think this is what he is in this system. So, so now, would would he be able to do the same thing somewhere else? That's the issue. You're still you're still not any bit concerned that he has never ever shot like this, even even in a better system, even in even in a role that's more similar. You know, the the I don't one thing think so, he's been in anything close to it though. How how much do you feel that catch and shoot numbers kind of offer you a a better look at how good of a shooter? Is? Well, I think free throw. Like so, that's fair. Free throw percentage is what I really care about. Catch and shoot is whatever. Contested catch and shoot is maybe a little bit of a, a more realistic number, but all that tracking data is a little tricky. That's um, fair. Yeah, but I I just think that you know in his career he's never played with someone of the caliber of Luka Doncic. Yeah, never. And and the heliocentric nature of what they do, it, it seems to fit perfectly with his ability to catch and shoot. I mean, it's great. Now, yeah. is that worth twenty million dollars a year? I don't think. I don't. I don't know. Um, that's quite a bit of money. I, I, but maybe he doesn't get a raise. Maybe he takes a, a yearly discount to stick around. I don't know. To me, right now, it, I, I it would be hard for me to see that happening. Some something about the way he's played just makes me think that he's going to be asking for more money than I, he's he, making right I, now. I, here's my. I'll make a prediction. Yeah, I predict he opts in to become a free agent in 2021. More teams have money. So there's more of a market, and if he has another really great season, then he's out there on the market asking for twenty million plus. Right, that's my prediction. Is is you know let let's say you could sign him right now. Like, is is four for eighty? Would you do that? That's mm, a lot. It's a it's a that's lot. A lot. Yeah. I guess the 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 answer is: Do you feel like you can replace it this summer? Definitely can't. No, you cannot. But yeah. he's not going to get those kind of offers this summer just because the money's not out there. Speaking of this summer, a uh, question <laughs> from the average Brian at the average Brian. He's, oh, he's above average. Does Dallas keep either of his draft picks heading into the draft? No. 
None. You, well, they're both headed going. into the draft. They could have both. Right. But they will they will not leave with two drafted. I, I think the first players. rounder is for sure trade bait. I, I think the first rounder is is the most attractive and most likely to be used, you know, asset that they have. I don't I don't think they want to be locked in. You know, e- even though a mid first rounder, you know, isn't making huge money, I don't think they want to add that to their salary cap. I don't think that you know, mid first rounders are not usually contribute right away players. You know, honestly, I think they, they might have a better chance of drafting a, a, a player who could immediately contribute with their early second round pick. Because that's usually where your four-year veterans with really low ceilings, but, you know, just a already polished game. That's usually where they go. Jalen the, Brunson. Exactly. Jalen Brunson, Jay Crowder. You know, there's, you know we, we, can, we can name names here, but that, that mid-first round will have value to somebody else because they will see a sophomore who, you know, Maybe he had a good freshman year and, and you know declined a little bit, mm-hmm. but or maybe they'll see a you know eighteen a, to twenty. I mean Brandon Clark was right. Maybe maybe last year. yeah. Maybe there's a Serbian player out there who you know didn't have um, killer numbers, but you know certainly fits the profile. Like that that mid first round pick will have value to mm-hmm. somebody way more than it has value uh, as a draft pick to Dallas. It has yep. it has value as an asset to them. Yep, and I think that's what they're going to care about. And I I would be shocked just. Just absolutely shocked if it wasn't packaged, and I could see them trading the the you know the second round pick if they need to as well. You know if if, if they can package both of, both of those for a you know an improved uh, I don't know a improved Delon Wright or something like that. You know a uh, you know maybe a maybe a more stable ball handler. You know maybe a maybe a better you know what what have you. You know wing depth. You know certainly they need wing depth. You know Justin Jackson. I think. Uh, that that ship is is sailing away very fast. You can maybe only see the masks, you know, in in, in, the, in the distance, the the smokestacks. So you know, maybe there's a chance it turns around. And are there smoke smokestacks on sailboats now? Well, you know, I was kind of conflating a yeah, couple okay. different types right, of boats. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. By the way, uh, that first round pick, you know, eighteen to twenty one, twenty two, whatever it's going to be, definitely trade bait uh from linden boulevard one should the mavs be concerned with lucas three-point and free throw shooting no yeah no not really the, the threes are just it, they're so difficult and and this is you know seth part now wrote a great piece on the athletic uh not too long ago about the heliocentric offense and the difficulty what, what do you what do you mean by heliocentric, heliocentric meaning that like we've used it a, couple a times. dominant ball handler who uh, is also creating his own shot and for others. So, so think, every, everything orbits around him. Right. James yeah. Harden, LeBron James, Luka Doncic. He's, he's, I'm actually have a, I have a piece coming out with part now. There you go. I believe this week. Yeah. And I believe he has used that term. There you go. So, so sneak peek, stay tuned. That's right. And Foreshadowing. So, yeah. I, I just think like the threes that he takes, they're incredibly high, you know, it's a high degree of difficulty, but the ability to get those shots up actually functions to, to create, open shots for other yeah. guys yeah he obviously i i expect him to be a better three-point shooter in, in a few years you know he is you know he's still inconsistent on wide open shots you know he is still you know a little wobbly sometimes when he's when you know somebody goes under a screen and he tries to just kind of step in and pull up he'll hit those shots sometimes and, he, and sometimes they don't go in he hits about a third of them and you know i i believe you know I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't build to you know become into like a 38 percent guy or something like that any all right here we go uh this is from a fake poet uh any thoughts to the rumblings that Giannis may want to join luca in dallas this is from 
anonymous front office types that are hypothetically concerned about it. Any any thoughts on Giannis in twenty twenty one deciding he wants to go play with Luca? Because so this is the thing. Like I, I think in players in the league see Luca as a guy that is going to attract free agents. Yeah, I mean, I be- I believe it. But know? isn't Giannis also a guy that would attract free agents? <sighs> that is that is the paradox, isn't it? Like like we just assume that the best players in the league are going to you know as it as it turns out usually if people if if free agents scheme together it's it's because they're friends it's not right. because they're all talented and is it is Giannis and are Giannis and Luca close <sighs> not not that I'm aware of yeah so here can I can I throw out a a, a juicy and take? not everyone from, from that lived in Europe knows each other I don't know <laughs> if people know that I mean Greece is on it's in the in the same world it's it, Kind of. Kind it's of. still like a very far away from Slovenia. Yeah, it's probably what a five six hour drive. More than that, probably more than that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the uh, roads. The roads that go through. Well, like, that's true. You know, Croatia and Montenegro and Albania. But not, not even even if it's six hours, Croatia actually has great. Even roads. if it's six hours, you got to remember you can drive anywhere in Slovenia in two hours. That's right. If you're in Ljubljana, you can L- drive anywhere in like one and a half. L- Ljubljana. L- Ljubljana. Yeah. There you go. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the the J's. You don't pronounce the J's. That's right. Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to fix yeah. that. All right, what's, anyway. your, what's your spicy take here? <sighs> I I don't want to see Giannis and Luca together. I don't either. I, I really don't. You know, some I don't it, think Giannis is that guy either. So, some of it is parody. You know, yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think it'd be fun from a parody. You know, I think that they would be ridiculously good at basketball. Mm-hmm. But but they, I think they would also suppress each other. You know, they they are both heliocentric players. That's right. And you. You know, if you play two heliocentric players together, you are not getting the best out of both of them. You would bring Giannis here to fix the defense. That's the, that's like the funniest, weirdest thing. Like he he would turn into, you would essentially play Porzingis at the four, Giannis at the five, Luca at the one, and then just you know two whatever shooters, you know three yeah. D guys, and that that you know that would probably win five titles, and it would it would feel like the Warriors where it's just it's too easy. Of yeah. course, they're going to win five titles because you have. You know, one of the best lineups ever created. You know, like, like probably the best line. You know that that would be the best be, lineup ever created. Uh, it, it would be close to the it Warriors. would it would be right there with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and I don't, I don't think Giannis is that guy. I think Giannis wants to beat everybody. I don't think he wants to go. I mean, just right. you know, judging by the way that he kind of goes about his business, and you know, he, he doesn't media appearances and stuff like for Nike. Like, I mean, he's not like hanging out, palling around with people. Like it's, you know, it's kind of a different, he's a different beast. He's got yeah. a little bit more of that Kawhi, you know, Michael Jordan stuff. Like I want to beat these guys. I don't necessarily right. want to team up. So yeah, uh, that's also why I think he's going to wind up staying in Milwaukee. Yeah. That's, that's, it tends to be the way I think about it as well, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't done the, uh, the, the LeBron thing where he's like, I don't even know him. Who is he? What was that about? It was about Zion. I, I know, I know, it was about Zion, but like, we'll we'll talk about this later. I'm yeah. still confused by that thing. I just saw the quote. Anyway, um, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you uh, subscribe at at theathletic.com slash seventy seven minutes in heaven. Uh, make sure you listen to you know the other podcast on our feed, Brian and Mark's podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week. Probably not from Dave Dufour's car. Yeah, my as, Subaru, my mobile podcasting studio. As as lovely as this has been, I, I don't plan to be in San Antonio next week. Oh, um, r- real quick. Uh, you know what? One quick question from, yeah. from friend of the program at the Kobe Beef, Doyle. Who has better tacos, Dallas or San Antonio? Dallas. That's where I'll be. <laughs>